Welcome to Live Lounge. We are so glad that you are here with us today. From wherever you are around the world, you are very, very welcome. We have an incredible hour to share with you this morning. We've got worship. We have communion. So you're going to want to go and get some of those communion elements. We have a kid's Bible story with Courtney. We have an interview with Pastor Joel, our youth pastor. And then, of course, we have Pastor Phil sharing a message with us a little later on. It's been a busy week. Lots of things going on. Last week, we had well over a thousand people join us on Live Lounge, and we're going for more this week. And then in all our Zoom meetings, and if you've not joined uh, a Bible study or all the different opportunities that we have for you to connect, then you must do so. Over 10,000 minutes were spent on Zoom this last week, 425 participants across hundreds of different meetings. So if you want to get involved in Zoom, then you just need to click uh, the link that is uh, next to us and you can get lots of the information about the events that are happening this week. So I'm going to hand over now to the Pursuit worship team and we're going to enter in, we're going to spend some time worshiping and praising God. more 
church family. Today I have a reading for you from Psalm 77. In the first nine verses of Psalm, we see Asap, and here he's crying out for the Lord. He feels distressed. He feels lonely. He feels like the Lord is distant. But then in Psalm 77, verses 10, he says, Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. This January, our family went to Florida, and a couple days after we got back, our youngest boy, Jude, he went up to me. He's like, Dad, do you remember we went to Florida? I was like, oh, you're pretty cute, because yes, I do remember. That was two days ago. And then a month later, he's like, Dad, do you remember we went to Florida and we did this? I'm like, yeah, I do remember. And then just the other day, he's like, Dad, do you remember we went to Florida? You see, Asaph, he's remembering here. He's remembering what the Lord has done. Because when he remembers, it actually keeps the Lord close. That event close to us. Remembering is a great thing. We remember the good things that the Lord has done. We remember what he's done in our family's lives, in our lives. And so as we come here to worship, we're remembering. As we choose to log in and worship together here online, we're choosing to remember the Lord. And so before we enter in, I want to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to remember you, to focus our eyes upon you, 
to recognize you in our lives. Lord, when we come and we do this, when we make this choice, Lord, we feel your presence. We feel your hand upon us. And so, let us worship together. Let's worship our Father. Let's worship the one who's come to save us.
the night And I will rise Among the saints My gaze transfixed On Jesus Sing that again He shall return In robes of light The blazing sun Shall pierce the night And I will rise Among the saints My gaze transfixed On Jesus' face Sing the praise Oh, praise the name
continue to make this a prayer over our city, over our house, as we're sitting in this time of every single day, every moment seems so uncertain. We don't know what the government's going to come out and say. We don't know what our jobs are going to look like. But ultimately, God will work. His promise is that, is that we're his children and he's got us. So let's just declare this. Let's sit from our homes, from our couches, from our kitchens, wherever we are. Let's just declare this over our city. Come awaken us. Come awaken your people. Come awaken this city. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will Hear the chains hit the ground. God of revival, pour it out. Come awaken your people. Come awaken your city. God of revival, pour it out. Pour it out. Every song will crumble. Death is overcome. 
everyone. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. It's a, it's a pleasure to do this. And, and you might be new today, kind of tuning into a live stream for the first time, maybe watching church for the first time. You may be thinking, what are we doing? And the best answer I have is that we are directing our praises and our love towards Jesus, who's done so, so much for us. And as we walk into communion right now, we are here celebrating him. So what's the point of communion? Why do we take some bread and take some juice and and do this? Well, because first of all, we were asked to do it. We are partnering and we are walking with Jesus in this time. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And second of all, what we do is, is, is we realize that we are not the answer and communion is not the answer, but what communion does taking the bread and taking the juice or whatever you have in your house right now, it's pointing to the answer. This bread and this juice or the water and the potato chip, whatever you grab at home right now, is pointing towards Jesus. And so we're not the answer. This ceremony is not the answer. It points us to the answer. And second of all, how can I take some juice or water for home, from home 
and that become holy. How does that work? Well, it's, it's not something holy that you can grab from your house. It's not something like that that you, can, that you can kind of muster up. Again, it's this pointing to Jesus. I want to read us something from Annie Dillard in Holy the Firm. She says this, How can I buy the communion wine? Who am I to buy the communion wine? Someone has to buy the communion wine. Having wine instead of grape juice was my idea. And of course, I offered to buy it. Shouldn't I be wearing robes and especially a mask? Shouldn't I make the communion wine with my own hands? Are there holy grapes that I can use? Is there holy ground? There are no holy grapes. There is no holy ground like that. Nor is there anyone but us. There must be a rule for the purchase of communion wine. And the rule is, will, there be, will that be cash or charge? That's what it is. We're just going and we're participating and remembering Jesus. This ceremony is just pointing to the beautiful answer of Christ. We eat and we drink. And we do that to remember. That's not what makes it holy. Christ is what makes it holy. So I'm going to read right now from John 6, verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So I want you to grab your, your bread and your juice. I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab a piece of bread here and, and some juice, and we're going to partake together. So to take this bread or whatever you found around, realizing this is pointing to the beautiful love of Christ. And that time on the cross where he gave his life up for us. And as we're sitting in our homes, on our own, with friends, around a computer, perhaps the Wi-Fi has gone a little bit sideways and you're just kind of trying to make it through. Remember what this is about. This is about Jesus. So take the bread and remember his body broken for you. And we take this juice, whatever you have, and we remember the blood poured out in remembrance of him and what he did and the blood that gives us life. And we celebrate he is the answer. He is the bread. He is life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everything that you've done. Jesus, thank you for coming and sacrificing and dying for us in our place. We honor you and we celebrate you and we celebrate your love. We are not the answer. The bread is not the answer. What it is is pointing to a holy moment with you to celebrate your love. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. An important part of our worship as Christians is to give back uh, to the church and to God, the money that he has uh, given us. The Bible says that he even gives us the ability to earn money. We're so grateful for the way that our church family has consistently given uh, to the ministry at Willow Park Church. And that hasn't changed. We, and we understand that at these times there's a lot of uncertainty, which makes it even more incredible that our church family continues to sacrificially and generously and cheerfully give to the work of the church. 
One of the things that we know, though, is usually in our worship sessions, we, we pass a bag around, and obviously we're not able to do that. So it's not so much as asking you to give more. It might be that you just want to give consistently and continue to give to the work that we're doing. And you've heard, we've got lots of things going on. So here's what we'd love for you to do. Rather than uh, obviously put money in the bag, there's a give button up there on the right-hand side of your screen and, and the chat hosts so will be putting it in the chat there. You can click and you can go straight to a page and you can give just like you would in the bag through debit or credit. Or you can pass, hand on your, uh, your checks into the, into the office. So there's lots of different ways. And why are we talking so much about money and giving at a time of great difficulty and challenge? The reason is, is we want to consistently share the gospel, bring community together, and make sure that people hear about Jesus in our city, in our province, and in our world. So we are really grateful for the way that you are prayerfully giving in this time, and thank you for being consistent in that. Hello, everyone. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining our live lounge, and this is your family news. We are gathering as one church for a special live event this Monday at 7 p.m. for Willow One Prayer. Now more than ever, it is so important that we pray together as a church family for our world and for each other. Join us online right here at willowpark.online.church. Have you ever wondered how we can actually hear God's voice for ourselves? In this brand new self-directed online course, Pastor Phil teaches us how to recognize the voice of God in our lives. You can start the course anytime by visiting our website at willowparkchurch.com slash hearing dash God. We are super excited to let you know that we are starting our midweek youth programs again this week, and we're meeting online. Each week will consist of a big group gathering and then youth will be breaking off into their care groups using Zoom. GLOW is for senior high youth in grades 9 to 12 and is happening Wednesday night at 7 p.m. JUICE is for junior high youth in grades 6 to 8 and is happening Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Be sure to visit cahoots.ca for all of the details. We want to hear from you about what God has been doing in your life lately. Share your story with us by emailing a short video to live at willowparkchurch.com. We'll be featuring some of the stories during future services here in the live lounge. Families, be sure to check out our new group on Facebook called Willow Park Church Families. This is a great way to stay in touch with the Willow Park Church kids team. They are posting fun challenges and activities daily. We know that during this time of social distancing, it is still important to keep connected as a church family. Each of our campuses have created some online groups that will be meeting for Bible study, prayer, coffee hangouts, and more. Be sure to visit our website for all the details on how to join in. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Hey everybody, we are here with Pastor Joel and uh, we thought it would be a good opportunity to get to know Joel a little bit and also ask some questions around what's going on in our youth department while we are not having church in our physical location. So 
Joel, it's great to, uh, to have you here. And, you know, we've known each other a long time, but I'm, I'm conscious that there'll be a lot of people watching who, who don't know you. Yeah. And so uh, why, don't you, why don't you share a little bit of how you came to work at Willow Park, a little bit about your relationship with Jesus and your passion for working with youth? Yeah. Well, I've been at this church for a long time. I love this place. Um, I started here in September of 99. So a different century. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I moved to Kelowna from this great little town of Grand Forks um, to pursue my teaching education right. at UBC. And I started to be a care group leader here in 96. And I've never left. Wow. Can't get rid of me. Yeah. Um, we haven't been trying. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all good. So are you from a Christian home background? And how did you become to know Jesus? Yeah, um, yeah, I got a wonderful family, great parents, and yeah, I've been a Christian since probably uh, Bible camp when I was 14 or 15. Right. That's sort of the moment that I, for myself, went all in at right. Pines Bible Camp. Yeah. yeah. So when you started as youth pastor, what did youth look like then? And then maybe tell us a little bit about what it looks like now and how you got there. Um, yeah, I, uh, Randy Benson hired me. Back in the day, he's the, he's the person who runs the gospel mission now. Right. And we had a great little youth group. Um, junior high was, was quite small. That's where I started. There was about 15 or 20 kids. And uh, senior high was probably 40 or 50 kids back then. And it was just a great little community. And mm -hmm. yeah, I cut my teeth there. Right. So it's a little bit bigger than that now. Yeah. So what do you, what do you put that down to? What's, how has it grown uh, in the way that it has. Yeah. Um, well, there's been, most of our kids have come through the ark and have gotten saved there with us in the summer. Mm -hmm. And now we just have so many just wonderful small group leaders. We have about 130 uh, small group leaders and they're the ones that really connect with the kids. Wow. So kids come, they're well loved. Yeah. So they stay. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been in the church for, I guess, nine, 10 years and uh, three of my kids have kind of gone through and one of them still yeah. in the care group system and um, yeah. and my son Luke is a care group leader and Zoe mm. was a care group leader and so this this process if you like this relationship that they have with the care groups is really incredible how how do you how do you foster that what what do you put that down to <sighs> yeah i think that our leaders were well loved when they were in youth by their leaders mm -hmm. uh, pretty much 99% of our leaders now went through our program and they were discipled by somebody else. Wow. And so it just builds on each other. Right. And our leaders are really good at speaking life and identity into their kids. Yeah. And it just has this, um, this flow over effect. Right. right. Yeah. So what does a regular week look like? Um, well, a regular week is, is very different depending on which week around here. Uh, we have small groups every second week. So kids are all over the city. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a big group every, every other week. And right. that's when we're here and we build community. We preach, we worship together. Right, and, right. and it's sort of, yeah, that's sort yeah. of our, our shtick. You do an incredible job of keeping the kids connected. And I know you kind of talk around the ark being the, like the engine. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the ark? Yeah, the ark is this wonderful place where kids come. And I mean, Bible camp is, is probably our, our best tool. Mm -hmm. Maple Springs Bible Camp is just a gift to this valley and mm -hmm. Gardam Lake and Green Bay and, and all these wonderful places where they come. And for a whole week, we just get to like 
share Jesus. We get to pray for them in their cabins. Mm. We get to speak life into them. We get to laugh with them. Mm. And so kids come, they get to know us and our team. We buy them lots of candy. Right. We have fun. We laugh. It is the secret sauce. (laughs) And, and then we just, we just speak life to them and it's just wonderful. So yeah, yeah, the ark is really our engine. And a lot of people probably don't realize this, that it's not just quote unquote church kids. It's not just church family kids, is it? It's kids from all over the city, from all sorts of different backgrounds. Yeah, when we first started the Ark, um, our church was was very churchy back then. (laughs) What does that look like? (laughs) Tell me what churchy looks like so we can avoid it. (laughs) Um, So we had to have a rule where kids had to bring a friend with them that, that don't know Jesus. Right. And that lasted about one year because the next year, um, all those kids that came brought all their friends. And suddenly there's just kids coming out of the woodwork that don't know Jesus. And right. to this day, we have most of our kids that come um, are not from a, a church background. Right. But they themselves have received Christ. And now they're sort of discipling their parents. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been doing this long enough now where you've been able to see kids coming through youth from grade six or seven. They stay on as care group leaders. Then they end up, you know, finding somebody cute and getting married. And yeah. then, they, then they stick at pursuit or they become youth leaders. And, and it's just this, yeah. this progression, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it must yeah. be really cool to watch. Yeah, lots of our kids now in junior high are kids of some of my first kids that were right. in youth. Right, so that makes you feel really old. Yes, very old. Good. Yeah, I had a great head of hair when I started. <laughs> So, like, in this situation we're in, obviously, we're not able to do uh, big group and care groups and physical locations, because I know that, you know, that's a big part of mm-hmm. what goes on, and, yeah. um, and kids are all about relationship and community, and, and um, so what, you know, what thoughts, obviously, you've been thinking a lot about how does the church help, you yeah. know, what kind of advice do you have for families that have got teenagers at home? Yeah. And, uh, you know, in this difficult and challenging time. Yeah. I think probably our biggest issue now is that routine has been stolen from our kids. Mm. And also a lot of purpose has been stolen from them as well. School sort of really aligns their purpose to learn and to get along with friends. <clears throat> and suddenly that's taken. And so our kids are feeling a lot of anxiety. Mm. They always have. This is a really anxious sort of generation but now they have a reason to feel anxiety. All of a sudden, like their families are all at home. Um, spring break has become their new reality. Mm. And they're not sure about finances in their household. So it's not this like abstract anxiety that they need to get over mm. and replace it with beautiful thoughts. It's actually doing the real work of, of living in a new way now. Mm. Right. So, you know, what does that look like? How can parents... I mean, I've got a teenager at home. How, how, can, how can I help him uh, navigate through this, this really weird time and confusing time? Yeah. Well, my wife said something brilliant to me last night. She said that meaningful action is the antidote to fear. If our kids just sit at home and try to not be anxious or fearful, mm. it'll just get worse and worse. Mm. We're created... I mean, Ephesians says we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It's why we're alive. Mm. This is kind of, this is why our kids love superhero movies is because they identify with that impulse to create social change. So 
we want to, as a ministry, give our kids tools to create like action that creates mercy. Mm. So every day, starting April 1st, on cahoots.ca and on our Instagram places, there's going to be a daily challenge. It All might right. be something really cool, like um, just speaking life to one of your siblings that day. Right. And then it might start to build, like yeah. forgive somebody. Right. It might mean going to a neighbor's house and somehow blessing them Close with, you know, one. appropriate social distancing. <laughs> yeah. But considering ways to like bring mercy every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, even to like your, your, your parents or your guardian, whoever yeah. that might be. That's but it just, it just changes the script from being about me to I'm actually created to do really cool things and yeah. and generosity releases endorphins yeah and and being somebody who who reaches out changes the way that that our brain functions yeah. and so yeah that's so cool yeah. so i mean we're we're just coming to the end now so what what is some of the uh specifics that the youth ministry are going to do you're going to put this challenge on yeah what else is going on online yeah so every wednesday for senior high every thursday for junior high yeah, yeah. there will be big group teaching our kids are hearing a lot of just garbage out there in social media they need real truth mm. um, and fun obviously but then we're gonna move into these zoom groups where their leaders will be waiting mm. they're gonna talk with their kids for a long time and then they're gonna pray for each of them just right. beautiful identity right. prayers so That'll be starting next week, April Excellent. 1st. Right. So one of the things that we're, we've mentioned already is in your top right-hand corner of the screen. Uh, so up there somewhere, you'll see a connect button. If you have uh, kids at home, um, like this is grade six and above, and you'd love to have them connect into some of these activities on a weekly basis with Pastor Joel and his incredible team, then you connect up there and fill out the form and someone will get in touch with you because we want to make sure that you have the resources you need to not only be a great parent, but also for the kids to be able to engage and find community in a safe place. And mm. so, uh, so make sure you, you, you click that connect button. So Joel, it's, this is kind of weird because we normally just kick back and have coffee and, and chat and laugh. So, uh, but it's been great to, uh, to hear some of your story. And, yeah, thanks. And, uh, we love this guy's incredible, the ministry he does. So thanks, mate. Thanks. Hi, kids. I'm back to tell you another story. This time, it's right out of the Bible. This is the Storyteller Bible, so it has a super cool picture of the story we're going to hear today called The Storm on the Lake. It was a perfect day. The sky was blue, the lake too, and a gentle breeze whipped the wave tips white and foamy. Jesus sat at the side of the lake and talked to the people about God. God is your father, he said. He dresses the flowers in beautiful colors. He makes sure the birds have enough to eat, but you are his sons and his daughters. Don't you think he can clothe and feed you too? So trust him and stop worrying your lives away. When Jesus had finished teaching, he was tired. So he called his closest friends and together they piled into a boat and set off across the lake for home.
Jesus yawned. He stretched. He laid his head down. And to the rhythm of the waves and the rocking of the boat, he fell asleep. It was the perfect end to a perfect day. And then, suddenly, the day was not so perfect. The sky turned black. The lake, too. And a wild wind stirred the waves up, tall and stormy. The boat rocked right. The boat rocked left. The boat rocked up and down. The boat rocked so hard, in fact, that Jesus' friends were sure they would all drown. But Jesus slept right through it, except for the odd snuffle and snore. Jesus, his friends called at last, Jesus, wake up. We're all going to drown. So Jesus woke. Then he sat up. Then he rubbed his eyes and stood up. It was all anyone else could do to stay on their feet. But Jesus stood up. And then very calmly, he said to the wind, quiet now. And he said to the waves, settle down. And they did. Then Jesus turned to his friends and said, you didn't need to be frightened. You didn't have to worry. All you have to do is trust me. See, everything is calm. And so it was. The sky was blue, the lake too. And the little waves splashed happily at the side of the boat. It was a perfect day again. Now this story reminds us that even when we're in really scary times like a storm, we know that Jesus is right there in the boat with us. And we don't have to worry. Even his best friends needed to remember that they can trust him. And we can trust him too. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we can gather here together in the live lounge and that you remind us that you're in the boat or in our homes or in our cars with us all the time, even when it seems scary. I pray that you give us a good morning and that we learn lots from Pastor Phil. In your name, amen. Thank you, everyone. Well, Willow Park Church, what I want to share with you is something that is incredibly important. And that is the helping power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. In troubled times, what we need is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit being with us and helping us. I remember when I was trying to teach the twins to ride a bicycle. It was quite something. Two little girls, two bikes in our back garden and in our, in our yard at the time, we had a little hill and I used to put them at the top of the hill and let one go and then run alongside the, um, the one and then get the other one and run alongside and then 
shoot and launch the two of them off at the same time. And I'd be running down and I'd be running down. I'd be trying to keep one stable, keep another stable. I'd be shouting. And then we graduated to go to the road or to a little path with a hill. That was scary because I was running down, following, trying to be close, holding on to, shouting, no, 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 don't go for the bush, don't do that, please, no. (laughs) It was mad. But all the time I was present, and all the time I was helping, and I was helping them as they discovered the wonder of riding a bicycle. In this uh, time of pandemic, one thing we have been doing A lot is riding bikes, as probably you have been, and going out for walks. But the point is this. In a time of stress, in a time of problems, in difficulty, what we need is the helping power of the Holy Spirit. And that's really what I want to share with you. I want to share with you about the helping power of the Holy Spirit in time of trouble and when your heart is troubled. And I want to take you right to this verse. The key verse that I want to look at is this verse in John 14, 27. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. At this time, what we're facing is troubled hearts. People are worried. People are anxious. Of course, we are worried about the future. We're hearing about the layoffs. We're praying for families who are struggling. We're battling to move forward. The world, it feels like we've entered some kind of a dream, some kind of different reality, some kind of movie set. And the world has changed instantly. But let me tell you something. What Jesus says in a changing world, do not let your heart be troubled. When all we're seeing are the problems and the difficulties, don't let your heart be troubled. Because Christ wants to be with you. He wants to help you. He wants your heart to be free. He wants to minister to you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to be with you. And what he ultimately wants to do is bring peace right to you. How many of us have tried to do this moment on a beach in Mexico or Hawaii? This is my my attempts at making a heart. I mean, a scene like this, I've got lots of photographs like this from Hawaiian beaches, trying to get it right, trying to get the sun in the right position position to get the perfect picture crazy it's what you do on holiday on beaches but the truth is get your heart in the right position and let the light of God shine right the way through your life and into your heart and to minister to you that's what this is about this is what this verse is about that God wants to help us that God wants to be with us that he wants to meet us So the comforting nature of the Holy Spirit. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever. You see, Jesus knew that he was leaving. Jesus knew that he wasn't going to be around individually, in person, all the time. So what did he say to them? He said, I will give you another advocate, another friend, another 
comforter. I will give you something else. Now, when you look at the word another, we ask ourselves the question, what does that mean? Does it mean another exactly the same? Because in the Greek, there are two words for another or another, which is sort of the same, but different. Or is it another that is completely different? You see, I could stand here with an apple in my my hand and I could have a, a red delicious here. A beautiful red delicious apple. You've seen them. And in my other hand, I may have a golden delicious. Now, I know that they both taste different. There's a different texture. There's a different feel. Now, when Jesus said another, did he mean, here I am, a red delicious and so by saying another, and if this, this room was full of people, I could pass out hundreds of red delicious and you'll hold them. Or did he mean, well, not quite the same. Here is a red delicious, uh, but actually this is me, but I'm going to give you all golden deliciouses. It's different. Now, what he actually meant was this. It wasn't like he's different and I'm going to give you something else, another What the actual text means is another means I am going to give you another who is exactly the same as me. Think about that. Jesus face to face. Jesus says, I'm going physically, but what will be replaced is actually the same as me, the Holy Spirit. And you all, everybody globally can know that intimate, close relationship with with Jesus through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Who of us wouldn't love a face-to-face moment with Jesus Christ? Who of us wouldn't love to know that he's with us right there like he was with the disciples, like he was with the apostles? I would love to sit down with Jesus Christ face to face. Here we saw the interview with with Glenn and Joel and the wonderful things that were explained and the stories. It was excellent. But wouldn't it be fantastic to sit down and say, Jesus, face to face, let me ask some questions. This is exactly what the text means. It means that face to face, through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, you can have a face to face with Jesus. Now, you may not be a Christian. You may not believe in God. You may never have heard this. But let me tell you some good news. When you become a Christian, you enter into an intimate, close relationship with Jesus Christ. I love hiking. People know that. I love nothing but going out on our kind of fun day Mondays, Michelle and I, and hiking up hills and going along paths and talking together and chatting. It's a great hobby of ours. I love Great walks like the Worcestershire Way, like the West Coast Trail, the High Rim Trail. But there's something really special about walking with a close friend or walking with your spouse, talking, chatting, working things through. The Romans had a saying that any problem could be solved if you walk farther enough. This is what it's saying. 
that Jesus walks with you. That Jesus is with you in the form of the Holy Spirit as if he was actually there. I had to review uh, this Netflix um, production called The Messiah. A lot of talk about it. A lot of people both here in Canada and in the UK have talked about this Netflix uh, phenomenon about a Christ-like, Messiah-like figure appearing in the Middle East. And so as I looked at it and I reviewed it, and by me mentioning it, I'm not encouraging you to watch it. But what I am saying is that I was profoundly disappointed when I reviewed it and I compared the life of Jesus Christ, the true Messiah, with the life of this Messiah in the story of Netflix because Jesus was so much more in so many ways and was so remarkable. What disappointed me uh, about this story was that when this Messiah ended up in America and thousands came to see him and to be with him and to hear his wisdom. He was aloof. He was far off. He was talking in riddles and little lines. And above all, he was hiding in a tent. Like some kind of cult leader, which I guess is what they were kind of creating. And as I looked at that and saw the thousands of people and saw... This Netflix Messiah hiding in a tent, having some kind of, I don't know, spiritual moment. I knew one thing, that this wasn't at all a kind of parody about Jesus Christ or a a modern day Messiah story. Because my Jesus does not hide in a tent. My Jesus is not aloof. My Jesus does not disappear. My Jesus does not speak in riddles because my Jesus comes to the people, comes to the needy, comes to the crowd. He comes and is with us and comforts us and supports us and he's right there with us. In fact, literally, it means in this text... That he carries the burden, shoulders the weight of the heaviness that we feel. And at this time, we are carrying a heavy weight. At this time, we are shouldering a heavy weight. And the work of the Holy Spirit comes. He comes as a close friend. He comes as a comforter. He comes as a counsellor. And he comes to shoulder the weight of your Pain, shoulder the weight of your struggles, shoulder the weight of your anxiety, shoulder the weight of your stress and your troubled heart. Jesus is the strongest man in the world. Beautiful picture by Harry Anderson, Jesus the counsellor. He wants to speak to you at this time. He wants to be with you. And as I started off, what Jesus wants to do is when we feel unsure, he comes and runs alongside of us. He is with us. Not only is he with us, but secondly, a comforting relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it is neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be what? In you. This is the incredible truth of Christianity. That he lives in you. You see, not only does Jesus live in you, but the beginning of John chapter 4, he says, I prepare a home for you. And being a Christian means that God is in you and changes you and is present in you and he supports you and he counsels you. And it's literally like having Jesus, your best friend in your life. And that's why great paintings like this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, the door of your life, because you've got to let Jesus into your life. You and I have to allow Jesus to come and meet with us. Not only does he come within us, but he prepares a home for us. Here is a Renaissance picture of of their image of heaven. And whenever you Google and try and find an image of heaven. It's so kind of weird what comes up that I had to go back to the Renaissance. But even this seems a little strange. But you see, you know, that there is, he's in you and he prepares a home for you. That's why our heart needn't be troubled because he is there. Not only does he do that, but the scripture says he teaches you. He's with you. He's teaching you. He's speaking to you. And this is the amazing thing. In the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of our isolation, and what we are facing, the Holy Spirit wants to come, counsel you, comfort you, and teach you new and beautiful things. Maybe you're not a Christian, but I want to say, invite Jesus Christ into your life. Join God's family. And when you join God's family, you are adopted. You are no longer an orphan, but you are adopted into God's presence, into God's family. And he is with you. Adoption is an amazing thing. We've got people on our staff who have adopted children and people in our church. It's wonderful. Um, It's Remarkable to see their love and their, their giving and the, the theology, the biblical truth of adoption is so deep and so powerful that you and I are no longer spiritually fatherless, but you and I have been invited. You and I are no longer orphans. This is what it says in this scripture. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You may feel incredibly alone at this time as if you feel like an orphan. You're not an orphan if you've got Jesus. Face to face. I will send another. Which actually means I will send myself face to face as if it's me and I will be with you. So what we've got to be willing to do is literally allow the power and the work of the Holy Spirit to come through our lives and to change us.
to come through our lives and to see God's presence. This is the full verse that we started off with. It's worth reading together. It's the verse I want to give you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Why? Because when you've got Jesus as your best friend, he gives us peace. And I want to ask you to connect with the presence of Christ, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit in your life and discover that deep peace that comes. Discover that deep peace that makes a difference in your life. This is one of my favourite spots. Knox Mountain. You climb up and then you look towards Vernon. You see the beauty of the lake. There's a chair there, a little bench. You can sit I love to go there. I love to pray. I love to sit. I love to meditate on scripture. I love to commune with the Lord. And at that moment, his presence comes and works in my life. I don't know where you are finding that connection with Jesus. But his word is very clear. His word is absolutely there. He's saying to you, I send you another, the Holy Spirit, who is your advocate, who is your comforter, who is your counsellor, who is your best friend, who comes on the journey with you, who shoulders the weight for you. And if you're listening for the first time or you're not a believer, make contact with us. Because we would love to explain to you how you can invite Jesus Christ into your life. Join us Monday night to pray together for our families, for our city, for our province, for our nation, for our world. Spend that time in your own personal life, communing with Christ. Connect to his spirit. Create time for his presence in your life. I know God will bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Pastor Phil. To know that Jesus abundantly gives peace in these times where there's lots of anxiety and uncertainty. I really encourage you this week to meditate on that scripture, to learn it, keep repeating it to yourself. And I know, by faith, I know that Jesus will answer that prayer for you. I'm going to share a blessing for you in just a second. But before I do that, just a little reminder, if there's anything that you've heard in our time together that has caused you to think, I want to find out more about Jesus. I want to find out more about becoming a Christian. Then please press connect in the top right hand side of your screen and somebody will be getting in touch with you this week. Or if you want any prayer, if there's anything we can do to help, then again, go and press connect. 
and, uh, and we'd love to be able to serve you and pray for you. So let me say this blessing over you. And just like you did last week, I love the idea of thousands of people around the world saying a big amen at the end of this. So I'm going to say it and then the cue will be obvious at the end as to when you say amen. So Ephesians chapter three. Now to him, Jesus, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Have a fantastic week and God bless.